Well, the Super Bowl is only a couple of days away, so that got us to wondering how close are the Chargers to being Super Bowl contenders? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, and we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Thank you for making us your first listen, as always, and also make sure to go subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. But, David, today we wanted to get into the big topic of the day with the Super Bowl only a couple of days away. We were thinking, you know, how close are the Chargers to being in Super Bowl contention? One thing is for sure, they have the quarterback, and that's a big part of it. But there's obviously a lot that's going to be determined by what happens during this offseason. So we will also be getting into if the trenches or a skill position player is more important for the Chargers in the draft, what the Chargers can do to get Justin Herbert throwing more deep passes, and much more in today's Fan Mail Friday as well. But today's episode is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. All right, David. Well, we wanted to have some fun with the Super Bowl, and we were honestly kind of just, you know, talking about it. Like, how close are the Chargers to being a Super Bowl contender? And I think one thing that the Bengals showed this year, too, is obviously, first thing is making it to the dance. You know what I mean? Because the Bengals were not a prohibitive you know, Super Bowl favorite when they got to the playoffs. I mean, almost lost pretty much every game along the way, right? But you just have to make it there first. Chargers are very close to that. And so much of it is going to have to depend on what the Chargers do to surround Justin Herbert. But I think the biggest part of it, David, the one thing that makes you feel like the Chargers are closer than they've been in a long time is just who they have at quarterback. Because the dude's eclipsing Phillip Rivers' seasons, right? He's elite already at such a young age. Two seasons in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and everybody else that's ever been two seasons in comparatively i mean he leads every statistical category in that regard but crazy that is a big part of it david so i think that's the step number one you can check that box off because you definitely don't feel like justin herbert is holding the Chargers back at all from getting to the super bowl there's 30 teams in the nfl that would probably trade for justin herbert even guys that have quarterbacks in place because of his age his arm talent his intelligence yeah. his stage presence everything he is the total package there is there's no one in the NFL that wouldn't want to have a guy of that talent. That there may ability. be like five teams I think would not trade for Justin Herbert. Maybe. Right. Right. And that's a maybe too. It's just Justin Herbert is super, super special. And the fact that the Chargers know this already, have him on a rookie contract, have their left tackle in place as well to, to protect Justin Herbert. These guys are kind of going to be their Batman and Robin for the next 10, 15 years, hopefully. And of course, the Chargers have a slew of offensive weapons around Justin Herbert, but I don't think that they're they're quite there on offense. There's definitely some things they need to add on both sides of the ball to get them to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, I think their offense wasn't consistent enough. At least it didn't show up well enough against the really good teams, I think, yeah. you know, and especially the good defenses. But I think offensively they have enough. Like, they have enough to make it to a Super Bowl. They just don't have enough to carry a bad defense and special teams unit to a Super yeah. Bowl. Because, I mean, they were a top five offense last year. You can get into the playoffs. You can get into the Super Bowl with a top five offense. 
if you have at least an average defense and the Chargers were far from that. But I think the one yeah. thing that we learned is unless Justin Herbert was playing at an MVP level, the Chargers just weren't playing games or winning games. And even some of the games he was playing at an MVP level, they lost those games anyways, because I, all but one of their losses came with the other team scoring 27 points. So yeah. I think it's needless to say, David, that a lot of things are going to have to change specifically on the defensive side. Yeah, there's pieces that you need on offense, but you feel like the core is still intact, especially if you bring back Mike Williams, I mean, the rest of those guys that you're going into free agency were not huge key contributors. Maybe Jared Cook, you know, someone like that. But for the most part, no. So when you look at this, David, I mean, it's the 27th ranked defense that has to improve a lot. So I just don't think we're even talking about a Super Bowl. I don't know if you can talk about the Chargers being a Super Bowl contender or being close to a Super Bowl team unless that defense improves dramatically. Yeah, and then they really need to add, you know, talent and depth at almost every level of the defense, too. And I think... You know, we came into this season maybe giving Brandon Staley's credentials and what he put on, on put out there on tape a, a little bit too much prestige value because, you know, he comes in here, tries, you know, with a new team, with new pieces, a couple of stars, right? But he didn't have everyone that he needed to kind of, you know, put his defense out there the, the best way he wanted to. And obviously that showed up in, in you know, the, the, the numbers and where they were placed. So uh, I think the first thing, you know, just on the roadmap of, of fixing the defense, and we all know this, we've talked about it at nauseum, is correcting the, the defensive line and adding the talent and stopping the run and getting more pass rush on, on the interior of that defensive line too. I think that's really the, the most important thing because if you stop the run and you get that pass rush, everyone's job on the back end behind them is much, much easier. You got somebody – to clog open the middle, then your linebackers can roam free. You're getting pressure on the quarterback, then your coverage guys don't have to cover as long, and you pressure them into making mistakes, which gives you interceptions and turnovers, which gets you back the ball back to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So fixing the defensive line is the most important thing for me, for the Chargers, to get started on the road to, to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's up there for sure. I think there's arguments for a couple of different things as their biggest need, but I do think the group that needs the biggest overall has to be the defensive side of things, and there's a lot of guys that could potentially be moving on. So that's another thing that we'll have to see who they bring back because you can. how many guys are you going to bring back on a defense that was as bad as it was, right? Because last season we saw the Chargers move on from struggling players like Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney and Sam Tevy and end up going, you know, and really just replacing a ton of dudes on offense and really overhauling that unit. Could we see that again on the defensive side of things? Because the thing is, is you can have a really good offense and win with a bad defense. I mean, the Chiefs didn't have a good defense the two years they were last in the Super Bowl, one Super Bowl win and obviously another appearance in it when they lost to the Buccaneers. But you better have a legendary offense, right? Because that's something different. Like you have to be like a historic offense for the most part, to just totally disregard the defensive side of things. But I think as we've seen in the ebbs and flows of the playoffs, you need both sides of things. The special teams have to be a lot better too, David. But I do think the nice thing is, is at least how we're sitting here right now with the Chargers draft capital, with what they have as far as salary cap for free agency, we're still sitting here thinking that there's a chance the Chargers can do enough right things for them to be a playoff contender, you know, a playoff favorite, even a team that should absolutely make the playoffs and a Super Bowl contender like that is on the table. The Chargers are not that far away. No, they're definitely not. I think the the Chargers can comfortably say 
that they are one of the teams that they have the resources and ability to overhaul this team enough or correct their mistakes to put them immediately in the conversation for one of the best teams in the NFL and a team that would be vying for a Super Bowl championship. But they have a lot of work that needs to be done. We already talked about bolstering the defensive line. They also got to fix the right side of the offensive line. We think they really are missing an explosive speed threat. They need to add pass rushers. I'm glad you bring you brought up the special teams unit because that's one thing that hasn't even really even been average for the Chargers for the last five years. And I think if they are able to make significant corrections on defense, get an average special teams unit and just tweak a couple things on offense, this is a team nobody wants to play against. And if they get into the tournament, they're extraordinarily dangerous. Well, I mean, it goes to some of the things we've heard from guys like Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley, right? Specifically just saying like, hey, we beat both the teams in the AFC Championship. Yep. Like we know that we can compete and with any team on any given Sunday. It's finding that consistency. And yes. I do think that maybe we overvalued Brandon Staley, but we also probably overvalued how good of the guys on the defense were, right? Some of those yeah. guys on the defense were. And the leaps that some guys would make like Jerry Tillery or Kenneth Murray, right? <laughs> and so I just think that, and, and I mean, you know, Chris Harris Jr. and how we thought he would be better. And like, so there was a lot that we kind of misread going into last season. Sure. But there's a lot of ways the Chargers, especially with the, what they have in front of them and the you know flexibility that they have in this offseason to put a contending team out there. So I do think, obviously, it's too soon to say that the Chargers are close to a Super Bowl team right yeah, now, definitely. not knowing what they're going to do in free agency and in the draft. But we can say there's absolutely a scenario where the Chargers come out of this offseason feeling like they're in contention in the AFC West to at least compete you know, maybe not beat the Chiefs, but be competitive with them and also be a playoff team that could potentially be more just like the Bengals were, who signed big free agents in the offseason, like a Trey Hendrickson, like a DJ Reader, traded for a BJ Hill. You know what I mean? So it's like they made the moves. Rams made the moves. Chargers can make some moves that'll have that impact, but they have to hit on everything. And that's and the hopefully other they thing. do, because, Daniel, I want to be on Radio Row next year when the Chargers <laughs> are in the Super Bowl. I want it to be Def- me and you out there interviewing no. our favorite athletes and uh, our favorite media members because the Chargers are back in the Super Bowl for the first time in, what is it, 25 years? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are are close to being considered, you know, contenders. But at the same time, like, everything's going to have to go right for the Chargers. They can't have a lot of big swings and misses. And the Super Bowl is definitely their ceiling. But what is the floor as we see it right now, especially with the Chargers' talented group of young players that we know that they have? And also, should the Chargers add a trench player early on, or should they go with a skill player, something that Tom Telesco loves to do? And what can the Chargers do to get more deep passes from Justin Herbert? Are they not throwing the ball deep enough? I know a very common frustration with the fans. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free, and you guys can start saving money today. And since you listen to this podcast, you guys can also put in the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 or more per gallon on your first visit. That means, you guys, all you have to do, TOUCHDOWN, all caps, with the free GetUpside app, and you're saving at least $0.25 or more on your first fill-up. I mean, taking those numbers off the gas prices make them much more stomachable, I can tell you for sure, especially as someone who lives in California. But if you're a right chair driver, food delivery driver, you can save hundreds of dollars a year just with the GetUpside app. I mean, you're getting the gas anyways. Get the app that's going to save you money, and there's no downside to it. You can get the money straight into your bank account 
You can get it through PayPal. You can also get it in Amazon and other big brand gift cards as well. And make sure you guys go download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN so you can save 25 cents or more per gallon on your first fill up. I also need to tell you guys about BetOnline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, because BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, and we're only a couple of days away for the big game from the big game. But, David, this is a great weekend for sports betting in general because there's also a huge UFC fight. I mean, we got Israel Adesanya and Bobby Knuckles fighting for a championship with Derek Lewis, another heavyweight bomber that's going to be throwing. And then you have the big game right after that, and you want to go to the best place that has all the props, all the different odds, the best odds and lines that you're going to find. BetOnline.net is where you guys are going to want to be this weekend. It's not too late to get your money in now because this is one of the best betting weekends, maybe the best betting weekend of the year, right? Maybe March Madness, which you should also go to bet online for. That's a huge betting weekend. But as far as big quality events, this weekend I think takes the cake. And there's only one place to go. It's betonline.net, but it's not just football. It's not just UFC. You can go basketball. You can go hockey. There's a ton of other things, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Because bet online is the only place where you guys want to go for all of your sports wagering. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, David, what is Fan Mail Friday? And we did want to get into our little Super Bowl thing, but we also wanted to turn the show over to the fans as well. And, of course, guys, hey, every Friday we're going to be trying to do this for you guys throughout the week. Feel free to tag us. Feel free to, you know, ask us anything you want or call into the voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. And if you guys do it throughout the week, you will get on Friday's show. But On any of our social media platforms, hit us up and on any of them, and we will make sure to get the question on the show. Yeah, at Locked On Charge on Instagram. We have a Locked On Charge Facebook page at Locked On LAC on Twitter. But today, David, I mean, we do have a good question from Dalton Grover on Twitter who says, without knowing the free agent signings to come later, where do you see this team's floor being for next season realistically? Loving the show. Yeah, I added the loving the show part. It's not part of the question, but he said it. So I wasn't going to like, you know, and not always put his exact the quote out there. All right, David. Well, we talked about the ceiling. The ceiling is obviously being a Super Bowl team, but the floor... It is a different question. I think for this, David, we will put out, you know, just that this is the floor for the Chargers with Justin Herbert, because obviously you lose your starting quarterback, all bets are off. It's impossible to say how well a team is going to do. But if Justin Herbert stays healthy, David, what do you think this Chargers team's floor is with the players that they have? Yeah, I mean, I I think looking at this Chargers team, you know, we know that there's some deficiencies and some flaws, but... Don't don't make any mistakes. This is still an incredibly talented team and they can beat. They already demonstrated that they can beat anyone on any given Sunday. Um, So I think, you know, what they've been missing is that consistent part of it. So just based on the players that they have right now, I think a 500 record is probably, you know, the bottom level there. I, I don't think that with Justin Herbert in you know the driver's seat where he is in his career where he's only going to get better I, I think that they're they're not going to do much worse than that yeah well unfortunately in the nfl now you can't finish 500 right because <laughs> the 17 games right, definitely right. throws, yes. throws with, a wrench within one with, within one win. i get around yeah. 500 i get yeah, around 500 eight yes. nine nine and eight i'd probably tend to agree with you i mean it, it would be hard just because of the players that you know are coming back next season, yeah. right? You know that Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley are going to be there. You know Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen are going to be there, right? You know Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Sande Samuel Jr., Michael Davis. You know all those guys are going to be out there as of right now before the Chargers make any moves. So I think with those elite players, even if you don't have enough of them, even if you don't have enough good players, 
with that core, it's hard to imagine if you have those guys that you're losing or, you know, having a season where you win four games or something like that, unless yeah, it's just like a total, it. you know, misjustice of like miscarriage of justice coaching wise, right? You'd have to pull out some crazy, you know, Anthony Lynn endings to games to do something <laughs> like that and to be that bad, especially most importantly with Justin Herbert as a quarterback. But yeah. that brings us to our next Twitter question from T Han or Han Sports on Twitter. And they ask, is bolstering the trenches more important than bettering the skill player depth for the Chargers? And also, how do you think Lombardi can better utilize Herbert's arm talent? 10 through for 5,000 yards, but it sure didn't feel like we pushed the ball downfield as much as we could have with his arm. So let's attack this Justin Herbert question first, Dave, because I do know this was something that was a big time, you know, fan discussion. Just people talking about the Chargers not going deep enough. Don't make Justin Herbert playing Drew Brees's, you know, tiny arm offense that Joe Lombardi <laughs> brought. I mean, that's what the, one of the biggest things was. T-Rex right? arms, yeah. Yeah, but what do you think the Chargers can do, David? Or do you think that they weren't throwing the ball deep enough? Do you think it has to be more? Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a pretty simple fix. I mean, just n- not getting too technical. They just need to throw the ball more on first and second down. I think that's a, 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 a huge emphasis. They need to stop being so committed to those early down runs, those first down, the second. It seemed like at some point in the season last year, it was almost automatic on a second down that they were running the football. Like there just wasn't any kind of creativity on that. So I just think if they're able to get the ball in his hands more so on those early downs, I think that's one of the the easiest ways to get the ball in the air more for Justin Herbert and get the ball down the field. So let's look at the numbers, you know, just to see where he's at. So as far as intended air yards per attempt, which is basically how far his receivers are that he's targeting on these throws, so how deep they are. Yeah. Justin Herbert was 15th uh, or 18th in intended air yards. That's not very high, right? Either way, when you look at the top five in that position, though, it's Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Baker Mayfield. So it's not necessarily a direct correlation of just because yeah. you're throwing deep doesn't mean you're the best quarterbacks. Right. For, you know, just to compare it, he was right behind Aaron Rodgers, who's the NFL MVP, and he yeah. was a few spots, six spots, exactly ahead of Patrick Mahomes, who obviously had another great season. As far as that goes, that's not really something that bothers you just because, I mean, the Chargers run or see so much cover, too, with Justin Herbert's big arm. That That is one of the ways you can beat it. At yeah. the same time, it doesn't mean you can't throw the ball deep more because Patrick Mahomes, even with a much lower average depth of target, was still taking way more deep shots than Justin Herbert was. According to PFF, Justin Herbert was 15th in deep passing attempts behind Taylor Heineke. Right. And he had a lot more total passing attempts than Taylor Heineke. So that's a problem. Right. And he was behind Big Ben, which, you know, is also pretty tough to look at, too. And as well as, you know, behind some other people as well. He was right next to Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah. Next to Mac Jones, which is not somewhere I think you should be if you're Justin Herbert and have that arm. I think one of the things is, I mean, Justin Herbert has to have a little bit better anticipation over the middle, especially against that cover to hitting that deep post up the seam or just a deep in route where you're getting those 20 plus yards on those type of completions. I think he has to anticipate a little bit better because there were some openings there. Yeah, but maybe you can also add some more, more speed right? for sure. But I think it's also, I mean, it's tough to lead people that much in the middle of the field because right. if you're going too far in either you know direction over the middle of the field. There's layers of players, so it's more yeah. people that could potentially intercept it. But, yeah, I mean, it's just n- not waiting, you know, and seeing the person get open and having yeah. to anticipate they're going to be open if he just makes the right throw. And we saw a lot of that, too, and he's getting better sure. at that, which is the yeah. promising thing. But I think, obviously, adding more speed 
never hurt as well because Jalen Guyton, I don't think, is a guy that you necessarily are seeing get wide open because he's burning dudes down the field so fast. Not that you need that to be a you know deep passing team, but it helps. And it also helps, you know, to get more yards after the catch and have if you're gonna run that short route kind of offense to get guys who can do more with it, because that's not what the Charger specialty was. But let's get to the other one here, David. Trenches or skill position player. I know which way you're going. You're damn right you know which way I'm going because I've said it uh, on this show and on every show that we've done together over the last six years. I am always in favor of investing in the spine of the team. Always. It's always the trenches first. The Chargers have had an opposite philosophy. It took them uh, pretty much up until last year for them to put any kind of serious commitment or resources into the offensive line. They still have work to do. They still need to add to the offensive line. They still need to add to the defensive line. The Chargers tried that other approach of adding the skill players first. That didn't work. So they, they definitely need to change course. It's always about reinforcing and bolstering and adding talent to the spine of the team that is the best way to go for the Chargers. I mean, I guess it's how you look at it, because I think if you're having edge rushers be trenches players, then it is, right? If you're having them be outside linebackers, then, you know, now it's a skill position player. So I think that's all semantics. But for the sake of this conversation, edge rushers are trenches players. I mean, you need a lot at edge to help Joey Bosa, and you also need a lot at defensive tackle as well. But at the same time, a one really good corner can change things for your entire defense potentially. You know what I mean? So like there are arguments, I think for both sides, I think with the charge specifically last year, they focused on the offensive line, you know, three of their biggest pieces of capital in their off season last year, they used on offensive linemen, you know, multi-year deal for Matt Filer, 20 plus million Corey Lindsley, highest paid center in the league, Rashawn Slater, first pick in the draft for the Chargers at 13th overall. So like that's three huge pieces of capital. If the Chargers put that and invest that into their defensive front, I think that would dramatically improve it. I don't think that's how it's going to go down, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, I think that is where you have to think it's most important. But we do have another segment to get into here because we do have a few more questions on Fan Mail Friday. That always goes long. It has to go long. That's just kind of what we do around here. It never goes short. We're never going to cheat you out of the show. That's 100%. But coming up next, we'll be getting into if the Chargers should move up in the draft. A lot of people talking about moving down. We're the only ones talking about moving up, but we'll get into that. I need to tell you guys first, though, about my favorite protein bar, Bill Bar. You guys know it's my favorite protein bar. I talk about it all the time. You just can't make something taste good. Like something either tastes good or it doesn't. A lot of protein bars don't taste good. Bill Bars taste great. And there's a ton of flavors to choose from. Cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie. Most of the bars have 17 grams of protein and 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of carbs or less. You're not going to find a better bang for your buck. And it also tastes great and it's 100% covered in chocolate. But have you tried the puffs? That's what's important right now. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? It's a new kind of Built Bar. They're kind of slept on right now, but you're talking about cinnamon churro as a flavor and other really, really good flavors. Banana cream pie you can get as a Built Puff. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow inside of it covered in 100% real chocolate. Doesn't get much better than that to go along with all the other great flavors, but you guys can get a mix box and try a bunch of different Bilt Bar flavors. They're all great. You will find your favorite one, and you can even save some money. Since you listen to the show, if you go to Bilt.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, David, let's continue this Fan Mail Friday, and Super Week is brought to you by Get Upside. Make sure you guys check out all of the Locked On shows that are at Radio Row right now. We'll be there next year when the Chargers are in the Super Bowl. 
but locked on Rams, locked on Bengals, locked on NFL, doing big things, big interviews going on right now. But David, we have some more female questions to get into. And of course, you guys can hit us up at Locked On LAC. You can hit up the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 or any of our social media. But let's get into the first question here, David, talking about the Chargers moving up in the draft. So we have Charles Dawkins, who is actually a YouTube comment who asks, should the Chargers move up in the draft for an elite player at a position of need, a shutdown DB or an edge guy? So David, I will open up the floor to you and see what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you ponder this question, you have to consider, you know, just the history of the general manager. Is this something that he would do Uh, as opposed to trading back? um, It is actually something that Tom Telesco has shown that he would do. Well, this is also should, not will. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's on you. Do you think they should? Yeah, do I think they should? I think it's a little bit too early to figure out how the board's going to shake up and who's going to be available and and who's going to be there. But um, I'm always, uh, you know, if you're if you have that conviction on the guy you feel like is is the perfect spot, who a guy who's going to come in and make that immediate impact that you're looking for, then yeah, I'm okay with it for sure. I mean, the Chargers have a a plethora of draft capital right now. Uh, I think I wouldn't be opposed to them being aggressive because that just signifies a change in their philosophy. And I would like a more aggressive nature um, in everything that they do, because this is a front office that hasn't done enough uh, in the 10 years that they've been in place. I agree with the mentality part of it. I mean, I get that, but like you also have to think about that. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about this off the top of my head, but the last three players, the Chargers have traded up for the last one with Kenneth Murray. So they were very convinced in that. That's not working out so well. No. The one before that, Melvin Gordon. Another one, hard to feel no. good about that moving up in the first round, using more yeah. draft capital. The other one I could think of off the top of my head, Jeremiah Tauchu. So not necessarily the best resume for Tom Telesco in those situations where he's moving up in the draft. And I think in this draft class specifically, you do not move up. This is definitely a trade-down class yeah. because there's no Bad. consensus – top 10 there's no consensus guys that you feel like you can just bring in they're automatically going to change your team like you're talking about edge rushers and cornerbacks you know a cave on Thibodeau is not going to fall to number 10 right and if you're trying to trade up past 10 from 17 past 10 you're talking about future first round picks yeah. and I don't think there's anybody in this draft class right unless you're moving up to like number one number two something like that that you would ever trade another first round pick to move up for anybody especially since you don't need a quarterback so that's not right. on the table right so I think especially with this draft class you feel like you're not sure any of these guys are the guy, but you feel like there's going to be a good guy when the 17th pick comes up. But it yeah. might, might, might not necessarily be the in cement, you know, for sure prospect that you think it, you know, that you feel really, really good about. So I don't see a trade up. I think it's definitely a trade down type of draft just with the way it's playing out so far. But hey, man, yeah. me and David are still looking at maybe there is some dude where we're like, hey, go get it. You know, one of the guys would be probably Sauce. You know, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, the corner, just with the size, pretty great prospect. So, like, I mean, maybe you try if he falls into the teens or something, you want to get up ahead of the Eagles so you know have some similar needs as you. Maybe I could, you know, get behind something like that if you're that sure of it. But it's hard to say, and I'll have to watch more on him to kind of determine that. But let's get to the next one here from Tony James, who hit me up on Twitter and asked, who will have the most influence on this in this upcoming draft, Tom Telesco or Brandon Staley? So, David, I think we might have a different answer on this. Yeah, I think we do, actually. And I think it's based for me off of how the offseason went last year with Brandon Staley um, kind of there as the head man uh, in, in charge. I think you know the, the, the role or the job of the general manager is to get the players that the head coach 
wants and the and the the players that are going to work in his system. So I think this is probably more of a hope as well. But I hope uh, that Brandon Staley has more influence on the type of players that they want to draft and they want to bring in house because ultimately he's the guy that has to be the mad scientist and take all the pieces and put them together to where they work the best way. And so I'm hoping that it is Brandon Staley being the one that is really orchestrating this symphony. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I, I think it's simple. I think it's Tom Tuesco. He's the general manager. He's going to be the one that gets the final say on these things. I mean, I think Brandon Staley has had a big influence on it. And I think even when you go back to Anthony Lynn and you look at a guy like Kenneth Murray, who yeah. Anthony Lynn said, you know, he walked in the room, we decided we we're going to trade up from, you know, trade a third round pick to go up to get him, you know? Yeah. So like, we've seen how much of an influence the coach has. And I think having Brandon Staley is a positive influence on Tom Telesco, but I still think that there's still certain things with Tom Telesco where we haven't seen him totally change his stripes yet. Like there's still That's a lot true. of Tom Telesco tendencies that are going on. And we only have one draft class to look at in right. an incredibly small sample size. So I do think there were some very Brandon Staley draft, you know, assets in like, it's hard because it's like, was going on on offensive line Tom Telesco, who hadn't done it, you know, in the eight seasons leading up to last season? Or was it Brandon Staley, a defensive coach, who's saying, hey, we need to get more on the offensive line? So, like, it's hard to always kind of give credit because to find out how it's going to be going forward, you have to know exactly kind of how it was in the past. So I think Brandon Staley has a big influence on it, and we see it with the type of players they bring in. But to say he has more than the general manager who's going to make that final call, I, I don't know. That, to me... Even if you hope so, it's hard to believe that. But I do think yeah. that he has a big influence on it. One more question here, David. It wasn't even a question. It was from Chris on Twitter. who just says, guess the number one unrestricted free agent. So, David, there's a lot of ways you could take that. But I think it's, you know, the number one target. And, you know, the, the Chargers have one target or maybe the most likely one. Where would you go with guess the number one UFA? Yeah, so, I mean, this is a guy I've mentioned on several different occasions, and I'm going to stick with it. It's J.C. Jackson. I think J.C. Jackson would be a phenomenal pick uh, if you add him to the Chargers defense, along with Derwin James and Michael Davis and, you know, just some of the already in insane athletes and assets that they already have in place. If you add that dude who's in the peak of his career coming off of 17 picks in the last couple of seasons, I think that would be insane to add to this Chargers defense. Yeah, I'm only laughing because it's like literally you could go so many different ways with this not question and comment from Chris on Twitter. I mean, I like, guess really the can. number yeah. one UFA. Is it the first one? I mean, I think the most likely one going back to, you know, a zebra not changing their stripes is Tom Telesco bringing in a veteran defensive tackle like Akeem Hicks, right? Yeah. But usually something like, I mean, we saw it with Brandon Meebane, right? We saw it with Limbaugh Joseph. He just seems like the heir to the throne. But if yeah. you're going early in free agency, if it's the first free agent, usually those veteran, especially defensive you know, tackle contracts, are not going to happen on day one or two when all the splash signings are going to happen. So I think if you are hearing the Chargers in those first couple of days, it's someone like a Darius Williams, you know, and they go yeah. all in. I don't know if they're going to go for J.C. Jackson, even though I wish that they would. But I think if they were to make a splash signings, it would probably be somewhere in the range of Darius Williams as opposed to potentially making someone the highest paid player at their position. I don't know if the Chargers are going to do that two years in a row, but they did it last year and surprised us you there can with dream. Corey Lindsley. I mean, we all knew it made so much sense last year. Like last year, Corey Lindsley was the dude that made too much sense. The year yeah. before that, the dude that made way too much sense was Brian Bulaga. This year, the dude that makes way too much sense is Akeem Hicks. But if it's not, maybe it's a Darius Williams a Sebastian Joseph Day, 
right? Continuing to add to those trenches like they prioritized it in the offseason of 2021. But I'm excited, David. There's so much excitement for sure, especially yes. with the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you know, knowing the Chargers beat one of those teams and knowing the Chargers are going to have the Rams next year on their schedule. Oh, I'm excited for it. And I'm excited for you guys to be back here with us on Monday because guess what? We don't care that much about the Rams and the Bengals. So it's still going to yeah. be mock draft Monday on Monday. And we'll get into a few more first round draft picks that we could, you know, potentially usurp our favorites so far out of the six that we've been looking at extensively. So we'll get into that on Monday to make sure you don't miss it. Go subscribe to the new Locked On Charge YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And you can always find us on social media as well to ask the questions for the next Fan Mail Friday. Hit us up at Locked On LAC on Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. And we'll put another show post out in the week, but you guys can hit us up anytime or on the Locked On Charge voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Everyone have fun at their Super Bowl parties this weekend and think and dream about the Chargers potentially getting there in 2022 but we'll be back on monday with mock draft monday until then take it easy and go bolts